strange, strange world we live in. I mean, uh, you, you, there was a day when you could do just about anything. You hear preachers say it all the time. You better not wait till it's too late. You better not wait till it's too late. You better not. Well, uh, uh, it's not too late. It probably is never going to be too late. Uh, but it's definitely, definitely will wake you up to a couple things that you start ought to start thinking. Uh, you don't know what the next crisis is going to be and the opportunities you get. You just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, so what you do is you just do everything you can as much as you can uh, while you can. And then when everything falls apart, you'll be in good shape. You've done everything you could. Take your Bibles, go to James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Man, I tell you what, it's just, you're sitting here looking. The Bible says where there's no vision, the people perish. And it's kind of hard to get a vision when uh, everybody's trying to shut you down on everything you're doing. And uh, you sit there and have to, you got to look through something and, and you got to worry about a couple things. I had a couple calls this week, which is kind of weird. Kind of generated this in my mind. So let me get there. James chapter 1. James is a book to the Hebrews. General epistle of James is to them. We know it's to them. Uh, it's, it's to, I think, a, a futuristic a bunch of people that's going to have some stuff they're going to have to go through. Uh, but all scripture is given by inspiration of God. You can gain some stuff out of just about anything. And uh, if you take it in the right way and, and look at it the right way. James 1.19 says this. It says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. But, uh, but be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any man be a hearer of the word, and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. For he beholdeth himself, and goeth uh, his way, and straightway, straightway forgetteth what manner of man uh, he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty... And continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. Father, thank you for your many blessings tonight. I just pray that you'd give us uh, something out of your precious book. And, and Lord, we'll praise you and honor you in Jesus' precious name. It'll be with Brother Hunter. Lord, I know there's a lot of missionaries around the world today trying to get back on, on the field. Uh, Lord, it's just one thing after another. And, and uh, Lord, it's just good to hear Brother Castellaw's got a place now that he can call home. Uh, Lord, he's got a church uh, to, to get started and up and going. I just pray that you put your hand upon him. Uh, Lord, there's just so much stuff going on on this planet. And, uh, Lord, uh, we're all trying to do what we can do. Uh, Lord, just give us the wisdom and the insight to, to see what we need to do and help us to do it. Uh, Lord, again, thank you for what all you've done tonight. Bless, thank you for everybody coming out. Lord, I just pray to you again. You bless the message, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. James is talking here. I'm very, it's, a, it's an amazing thing as he's talking. He sits there in the... In, uh, uh, verse 23 says, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like uh, unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. Uh, that's a mirror. That's a mirror. You're looking at yourself in a mirror. You ought to be able to look at yourself. Man, I tell you what, uh, anymore, it's, I used to be able to say, you know, ladies spend a lot of time in front of mirrors. Anymore, men spend a lot of time in front of mirrors. And you can't paint, paint on what you paint on. There's nothing, I'm not saying nothing, nothing negative. I'm just telling you, you have to be able to see what you're looking at to be able to make it look the way it looks. You can't just sit here up against the wall and say, oh, I'm going to do all this stuff and make it work. So a mirror is a valuable tool. I've got mirrors all over my house. I had four girls. 
Uh, every room you walk into, the closets don't have closets, doors on them. They have sliding mirrors floor to ceiling. Uh, why? Because my daughters need mirrors. Uh, I, I was, I'm sensitive to that. I know that. Uh, I don't like mirrors at all. I don't like what I see in the mirror. Uh, I don't know about you, but you know when, you're, when I'm sitting here thinking, looking out, I'm thinking back when I was 22. Beth goes, well, you know, I was just looking at our pictures when we first got married. And you were, I said, don't tell me what I was when we first got married. <laughs> because I'm not that no more. And uh, so, I mean, I got to see, look at this man. I got a picture of her. I, I throw it back at her really quick. Jerry sent me this uh, when I first got married. So I put her picture right on the dead center. This is, this is, this is right when uh, we got married. That's our wedding night. That's our wedding day. So I'm sitting there looking at that picture. She goes, I don't look like that. And I said, oh, yes, you do. <laughs> you look better. Better, 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 better. It's 32 years of life there. But, but the Word of God is, is like a mirror, and when you look in it, you hear us all the time say, read your Bible, read your Bible, read your Bible. You need to read it. I'm really telling you, you need to read it. But not just read it to read it. Uh, if you just read it to read it, you're not going to get anything. I like, uh, Jer- oh, go, oh man, <laughs> this book is strange. Jeremiah 23, 28. Jeremiah says this, The prophet that hath a dream, let him tell a dream. And he that hath my word, let him speak my word faithfully. What is the chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Who cares what anybody says? Who cares, man? You know what? This world is insane. They're getting ready to say you got to take a shot. Now, I don't care whether you do or not. I tell you that all the time. I, I got some problems with the shot. I mean, I don't want it in me, personally. Uh, and I, I, my preference is no. Uh, my mom says, oh, they're going to make you lose your church. Well, then I'll just lose my church. If they come in here and say, you got 100 people, we'll just make sure that we only got 99 at church any given time. So I can't make all you guys get a shot. But if you want one, get one. If you don't want one, don't get one. I just, it's, it's just something in my heart and my gut feeling that I personally do not want to do something. That Maybe it's just I'm rebellious, and they're trying to tell me what I have to do, and I got that American blood running up, my rebel inside me. It's not just American. It's the whole world's that way. Uh, but for them to tell me what I have to do, I'm like, forget it, man. I said, I don't need you to tell me what I have to do. I'll take my chances. You know you take your chances every day? Uh, that, that, there was a, t- a tsunami that happened over in Indonesia, I think 2004, 3, 4, 5, 1, something like that. Killed 230,000 people. And they had, never, didn't have a clue. 50, 60, 70 miles off the coast, an earthquake happened under the ocean. And a wave came in, and it didn't just take out people in Indonesia, but it took out people all over the world. And, I mean, that wave, when it hit, it just went every... Within hours, within minutes, Japan had one, and it came, I think it was like 50 miles off the coastline. 30 minutes, it was ashore, and it killed all kinds of people. You don't know how long you have. You really don't. Uh, and to worry about a shot, uh, people, well, I'm a, you know, you can have a car wreck on it. bothers me that I'm driving down the road at, Beth run a red light tonight, by the way. But it bothers me that I'm going down the road at 70 miles an hour this way, and another car is coming 70 miles out, because I always break the speed limit. Uh, and it's only supposed to be 45, 50 mile an hour. Now, I don't do it that bad. But even 50 mile an hour, and there's only a little yellow line separating you two. Now, you would think there would be more complaints about that than this stupid shot. I mean, there are hundreds of cars pass me. There's a hundred times every time from the house to here, probably 60 cars, 30 cars pass me. And I'm thinking out of 30 cars, any one of them could veer off and hit me at any given time, and it's all over. And you say, well, what is that? It's, it's fear. It's, it, they're putting fear in us 
are trying to get you to be afraid and you shouldn't be afraid. You know what y'all to do? Y'all to just pick up a book. You want to see destruction? Right there it is, man. It starts in Genesis, goes all the way through the Revelation, destruction all the way through. Uh, that's just what it is. I expect it to happen. Like Brother Joe said Sunday, you know, you're going to die. I don't care. I don't have time to die. I really don't. Uh, I'm waiting on God to take care of that problem for me. I will just keep doing I've got so much stuff on a daily basis. I don't get done what I well, get done anyways. I was driving this week. I had to go over and pick, pick up a van that I should have bought, but I did anyways. I should buy it. I, I mean, I'm make, it'll be okay. We can use it here at church or something. But in any case, I got all the way over there, picked it up. Everything worked good. I uh, got on the way back, and I get this phone call. And I look at it. It's from Norfolk, Virginia. And I'm like, I don't want to answer this phone call. <laughs> I don't know who this is. I said, I can, somebody wanting money. I know what it is. Somebody wanting something. So I just ignored it. Uh, you say, well, that's not the Christian thing to do. Well, the other person thought it was a Christian thing to do because he calls back again. And within probably five minutes, I get three calls from the same number. Well, I pull off the road, get some gas, da-da-da-da-da, come back on the road. I said, I'll call him. I call him. And he goes, Brother Elliot. I said, yeah. He goes, you probably don't remember me. I said, uh, well, <clears throat> unless you tell me your name, I probably won't. And he goes, this is John Keefe, RM2 John Keefe. I said, John, how are you doing? He goes, you remember me? I said, yeah, the USS Scott. I said, you were radio man up here with Fritz Biederstedt. Me, you, and Fritz was talking. He goes, yeah. And I was sitting there listening to John, and John says, Mike, he said, I've just had some problems going on in my life, and everything's not right. And, and, he, and he goes all the way back to a church that we were in way back when I was in Norfolk, Virginia. And something messed him up, and he's been out the whole time. And I don't know how far out, I'm not sure. He goes, Mike, there's no church. He goes, I've been listening to you on YouTube. I'm like, isn't there something better for you to do than that? <laughs> and, and we sit there talking, so we're going to keep talking back and forth. And, and uh, I told him, I said, I, I tried to call him tonight and didn't get a hold of him. And I, I'm going to see if I can get a hold of him, sit down and talk to him. But you know, as I started thinking about it, as he was talking, and, and then the conversation was over, and I heard a few other people say the same thing. For, he goes, you're the same now that you were back then. You haven't changed much. He said, I know you're a pastor of a church, but you haven't changed much. I said, no. I said, brother, all I do is I read my Bible and I look at it. And, and as I'm reading this book, I'm trying to make this thing apply to my life on a daily basis. I mean, you don't have to be a, a Bible genius. You don't have to be a, a rocket scientist. You just have to pick the book up and read it. And you're going to read things in here sometimes. It's just going to irritate you to no hammer. Jeremiah calls it a hammer. He says, uh, what is the uh, chaff to the wheat, saith the Lord? Is not my word like a fire? As soon as I read that, I said, man, that's like them guys on the road to Emmaus. They're sitting there, they're just sad because Jesus died on the cross. It is about, it's, Jesus is all the world to me. I don't know about you, but he's all the world to me. I have nothing else but him. Really nothing, zero, that's it. That's where it's at. I, I live and, and breathe and move through this world, but all I have really is Jesus Christ. I don't have anything else. As a matter of fact, I don't want anything else. I'm just trying to survive on a daily basis and take care of the things i got to take care of. And I'm finding out that the more things I get involved in my life, the less I can do for him. So I'm getting rid of everything. Uh, it's going away. But it's a fire. I can imagine them two guys on the road to Emmaus, man. They're sitting there talking. They're sad because Jesus died on the cross. Their Lord died. The one they thought was the Messiah, the one they thought was the king, had died. And they put him in a tomb. And he goes, but... Something strange, man. He said they, they run from the tomb today, and they said he's not there. His body's gone, and, and they just go on and on and on, and Jesus walks up and says, uh, what's going on, guys? And they tell him, and, and don't you know anything, man? Have, you know, don't you watch the news? Don't you listen to uh, WHIO weather or nothing? Don't you watch anything? 
No, I don't watch anything. Why should I? It's all the same. It's, uh, that which was from the beginning is the same thing happens today. Uh, I'm telling you, I, I, you, if I turn the radio on right now, just listen for five minutes, it's the same that was on there three years ago. It's no different, uh, except maybe the weather. And they don't know what's still going on with the weather. They have never figured it out. It's going to rain, and it don't. It's not going to rain, and it's raining. I'm sitting there going, these guys don't have a clue what it is. But Jeremiah says, as far as these guys, as they were talking, and Jesus disappears, they go, did not our hearts burn with fire? You know what the Word of God will do? It'll, it'll light you up. It's a, it's a light up. And he also goes on, he goes, and a hammer that breaketh the rock into pieces. On one side, it's a fire, man, lighting you up. On the other side, it's going to break you and, and get you crushed down to where you're usable, or it's going to destroy you. It's, it's either one. It's a lamp. David calls it a lamp. He said, thy word is a lamp under my feet and a light under my path. Why? Why would these guys say this stuff? He says, when thou goest, it will lead thee. The light will lead you. The Bible will lead you through the thing. He says, he says uh, in Proverbs 6, 22, when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. Bible ever talk to you anymore? You're missing something if you're not reading your Bible and getting something out of it. Yeah, and I'm, I, Let me go on. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself. Uh, for the commandment is a lamp. David says it's a lamp. And the law is a light. And reproof and instruction are the way of life. As I was talking to that guy on the phone, John, and I, and I got on the phone and I still had about three hours of drive time left. And I'm just thinking as I come across the country. And I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, well, I sure appreciate that book. <laughs> I sure appreciate you took the time to show me which one was the word of God. Uh, there's all kinds of people. Oh, well, this body ESV is just as good as... No, it's not. It's not. Sorry. You just, but if that's what you want, go for it. The RSV is just good. No, no, I'm sorry. It's not. I'm not, I'm not trying to tell you I know more than you. I, but in this case, I do. I do. Uh, and it hasn't because of a Bible education. It has to do with Jesus Christ. He took four years to show me something. Now, I'm a dumb hillbilly from Kentucky. And it may take me a lot longer than what it took you to learn that the Bible was... But before I ever started in a church anywhere, I knew which Bible was the Word of God. A druggie. From Kentucky, I knew which Bible was the Word of God before I ever started. Then you can start choosing churches according to the book. Do they believe the King James Bible is the Word of God? Well, if they don't, I'm done. Out of here. See you later. Bye. And you go, it's the Word of God. It's the Word of God. It's a lamp. It's a hammer. It's a fire. Uh, I like it's a bread. Jesus Christ is verily, verily, I say unto you. And this is my Lord. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. It says in John chapter 1, verse 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. Your Bible is written Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation, no matter how you look at it. Paul calls it a sword over in Hebrews. I believe he wrote Hebrews. He says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Boy, it'll cut both ways. Sometimes you're trying to cut somebody else, you get cut on the way through. It'll get you, you know, you got to watch when you say stuff to people. you got to be careful. Sometimes it's better to shut your mouth and listen than to speak. Uh, because sometimes you'll say stuff, and then later on down the road, uh, that wedding this, this Saturday, man, just, just amazed me because I went through, I've been doing this thing for 42 years, and, and down through the 42 years, I could have gotten into trouble a lot of times. I'm going to tell you what kept me out of trouble is this thing right here. This thing right here wants to get you in trouble. This thing keeps you out because you read it, and it says, don't do this. This thing says, but I want to do that. <laughs> But it says, don't do this. So you got to make a decision on which one you're going to do. That's daily. That's just daily. That's sanctifying your flesh daily. That's all that is. This is nothing more. There is nothing I can teach anyone that's not going to help you if you're not going to help yourself. 
I love my mom to death. I called her today and talked. I talk, I call her all the time. I don't know why I call her. It's just the same thing. She'll get, she'll get off on that Catholic garbage. And it is trash. It's filth. It's garbage. It's trash. The Pope, all the way down to Cardinals, everything else, is wrong. And they're sitting there saying it's the church, not, and then Jesus is added in there. No, it's throw the church out, Baptist church, Methodist church, all of them. It's Jesus, and that's who it is. And you can't go any, you can't, if he's not dead center, then we got a problem. I looked at, I told my mom this morning, I said, Mom, for 42 years, I said, we've talked. She goes, well, you are, you are affecting my faith. I said, mm, how about that? I said, you know, for 42 years, you've never affected mine. <laughs> I said, I'm not Catholic no more. I'm Baptist. Baptist. And I said, for 42 years, you haven't affected me one bit. I don't care what you believe. I know what I believe. I'm going to stay what I believe. I'm going to say what I believe. I'm going to keep doing what I believe. And you couldn't say nothing to ever make me change or even care about it. You're not affecting my faith. Why am I affecting yours? Because it's wrong. She got all mad at me. You say, but she didn't hang up. She's getting better. <laughs> she might actually move up here one day. I don't know. When she can't see no more and I, she's in a wheelchair, I get a handicapped van, got plenty of them. We'll go down there and get her. I'm telling you, brother, it's, the world is crazy, man. It's crazy. It's just insane. It's a bread. It's a sword. It's a seed. I like over in Luke 8, 8 4, he, he calls it a seed. And, and when much people were gathered together and were coming out of, out of every city, he spake a parable. He said, a sword went out to sow, a seed. And as he sowed. Down in verse 10, he goes, Luke, Luke 8, 10, he goes, and he said unto you is given to know the mysteries. Somebody who doesn't know the mysteries isn't in this book. You can hear preaching all day long, and it's not going to do you one bit of good if you don't get into this book. How do you know what that preacher says is true? How do you know what I say is true? If you don't compare it to the Word of God, how in the world are you supposed to know? He said it's known to give the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables, that seeing they might see and hearing they may not understand. Now, this is the par and now the parable is this. The seed is the Word of God. So he compares it to a seed. I like that. I like the Word of God, man. I think it's a great thing. He compares it to a couple other things, and then I'm going to get into the message, and I'll be done. Yeah, he compares it to mirror. In James chapter 10, it's a mirror. And ladies, I know y'all spend a lot of time in front of the mirror. I watch my wife. She's in the front of the mirror. She plucks in front of the mirror. She does this in front. Nine, I mean, 99% of the time she has in life is in front of that mirror. Uh, and I imagine, I'm exaggerating. That's preaching now. I know that. But, but uh, I, I, I never go, I hardly ever in front of the mirror. I'll come out getting ready to go. She goes, the back of your head is all like this. I don't care. I can't see the back of my head. Don't really care. I mean, why would I care? I could care less. You look at me and you might laugh. Good, I'm glad I give you something to laugh at. But I don't care. You know, if, if you don't like my hair, if the only thing you're looking for, if my hair is nice and neat and clean, man, you'd have never liked Dr. Ruckman. He would take apple juice and put it on his hair to stick it down. <laughs> and then you'd come in one day, I never noticed it, but Bess, a hairdresser, he would part it the other way. And it just, you know, have hair don't part the right way if it goes the wrong way. And it'd be all sticking up like this. And then he'd take apple juice and put it down where it'd stick. You know what? That guy, he just did not care. He, he did not care. I mean, it just got to the point. But a mirror is something good. It is something good you can look at. When you look at it and you're honest, you see yourself. You know, when you get into the Bible, what you're going to do is you're going to see yourself. Take your Bible, go over to uh, John chapter 20. There's three ways you'll come to this book. And John chapter 20 has all three of them in there. I thought it was interesting, man. I, I really did. I, th I thought this was good. I said, this is good. I stole this from somebody else, but it's good. I had the last one I didn't steal from them. This, the, I got actually added that too. 
It doesn't say add not to somebody else's message. Uh, you can add all and subtract from anybody's message you want, but you can't do it to the Word of God. But to the messages, you can do that. Uh, the, uh, 20, verse 1. It says, the first day of the week, we're after the resurrection. It says, the first day of the week cometh Mary Magdalene. Early. I'm so sick of hearing people talk about Mary Magdalene. You know what their problem is? They just can't realize that somebody actually loves Jesus because of what he did for them. You know, if you ever get a hold of, of getting your sin forgiven, where you know your sin is forgiven, and then you know who forgave your sin, that ought to light you up. Because I know that any moment he could call me out. I could have been on that beach over there in Indonesia, and that, that wave goes out. I would have been one of the morons looking, where's the water going? I'm like, look at all the fish out there. I'd have been running out there getting fish. Not thinking nothing about that the water that went out there, it seeks its own level. It's going to come back. And that should be, the, the animals know enough to go to the mountains. What is wrong with us? <laughs> really, I don't know. John chapter 1, 20, 21. He says, Mary Magdalene come early when it was yet dark unto the sepulcher, and seeth the stone taken away uh, from the sepulcher. She runneth and cometh to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, which is, uh, is John, other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and saith unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of his sepulcher. And we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and the other disciple came to the sepulcher. So they, they ran both together, and the other disciple, John, uh, did outrun Peter. He, Peter must have been fat. Uh, and came unto, first unto the sepulcher. And he, stooping down, John, looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then came Simon Peter, following after him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeing the linen clothes a lie, and the napkin uh, that was about his head, not laying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also the other disciple, John, which came uh, first to the sepulcher, and, and he saw and believed. You know what was amazing about that when I was reading that? Is you get two of the disciples, two of the, the inner circle. There's an inner circle. Peter, James, and John is the inner circle with Jesus Christ. Here's two of them right here. But, but John runs, and he gets down, and he's looking in there, and he's just looking. He's gazing. He's, he's, he's looking, man. He's just looking. He's not running in. He's not moving. He's just looking, intently looking. He's just looking. Peter comes in like a bull in a china shop and just shoots right in. He's a casual. You know, you're either, when you come to this book, you will come to this thing as a casual glancer. A glancer is somebody just kind of looks and runs away. If you, if you go to the mirror, and ladies, I know you don't do this. And ladies, no mirrors, man. I don't care what anybody says. Some of you guys do too. It's a shame that you guys know mirrors as well as a lady knows a mirror. That's pretty sad. I like Dr. Romney. He always says, there's nothing wrong with putting some paint on the barn. I like that. I didn't say that. He said it. But I thought it was a good saying, so I'll say it too. But, but when you sit there and look at it, and you look at a mirror, if you just run by real quick, you're going to run downstairs. Your wife's going to be chasing you because your hair is going to be sticking all up like this. Because you didn't spend, that's a glancer. That's somebody who doesn't spend no time in it. You see somebody who's perfect in everything they're, 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 a painter does the same thing. They're painting. Their eyes are fixated on, you ever seen somebody, Picasso. I don't know why anybody would buy a Picasso. It looks like he just threw a gallon of paint at the, at the thing and then got another gallon and threw it at it and another gallon. And people say, oh, look at that, that's art. 
I'm, I, I don't see art. You know, the Mona Lisa, I got that, man. I, I mean, the Sistine Chapel, I've been there. I've been up in there. I've seen what, what Angelo, Michelangelo did to the Sistine Chapel. I got that. That looks pretty good. Picasso? I just don't get it, man. I don't get it. It just looks like, it looks like, it looks like Jessie when she was a little bitty and she was painting. It looks like my floor in the basement that Jessie painted on. I can sell my floor. That's a Picasso down there. <laughs> it's paint everywhere. Jesse probably kill me one of these days, but that's okay. But there's a Peter was a casual glancer. He just ran in and ran out. You know what's wrong with most of us? That's what we are. You're in this room today. You're one of these three. The message I heard only had two, but I, I throw the th third one in there because I like the third one. You're a casual. You're just a glancer. You're a Peter. You take a brief and a hurried look. Uh, when you read your Bible, do you just say, oh, i got to read my ten chapters and just and you're done? Is that what you do? Are you just glancing at it and just not really getting nothing out of it? Is it, is it not reflecting to you what you need to see? Or are you like John, a gazer? You, are you considering? John is considering. What in the world happened in there, man? Look at that, the, the, the napkin that was on his face, like this thing. I mean, it was, it was on his face. It was like this. I mean, it was like that. And now it's all folded up nice and neat over there in the corner. And the, and the, uh, the uh, Shroud of Turin. That's going to be the Catholic Church later on. It's all folded up over there. And, uh, and, and John is just sitting there looking at him, man. He's gazing and he's looking. He's trying to get something. You know, that's what the difference when you come to your Bible. There's, all of them are looking at Jesus. It's a look. A gazer, a considerer is somebody who's looking steadfastly, steadily, and intently, especially in admiration, surprise, or thought. They're thinking about it. But the third one is the one I like the best, man. Uh, verse 8, verse 9, for as yet they knew not that the scriptures, that he, that he must rise again from the dead. John and Peter didn't get it yet. Then the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary, hmm, what a lady. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. She's, she's looking, man. She's, she didn't just glance. And she's not gazing. She's a comber. You know what a comber is? A comb? When you comb something, man, you're looking for it. That's what you do in a mirror. You comb your hair and make sure every hair is in the right place. Then you get this stuff, put it on, make sure it stays down. And then, then you put the other stuff on it to get the glean off or whatever you do. Then you brush your teeth. Then you do this. Then you do that. And you do this. And you think everything's right. And you walk outside and it starts raining and it blows. It's the funniest thing in the whole wide world. We can't go from the house to the car if it's raining without her having a raincoat. I'm like, a raincoat? What's the, what do you need a raincoat for? I was a sailor, man. You're supposed to get wet. That's what life is about. No, I've got to have a raincoat. Gotta cover my hair. I'll never forget the day we went, we went canoeing and, and before we got married. And she told me, you messed my hair up and I'll never talk to you ever again. And I mean, she, it was, she, was in the, she was in the little pond. I had nothing to do with it. It was like the Lord, I'm looking down at her going, ha, ha, ha. You know, I knew right there she's the right one because she took it. She could have never spoke to me again. I wouldn't be here today. But she did. And it's just amazing, man. It's just amazing. But every hair and everything on her that day was to go canoeing was in the right place. I mean, the, everything she wore, everything she looked, every, I mean, it was just, it was perfect. And you sit there and say, well, what is that? It's a mirror. A mirror did that for you. You're either a, you're either a gazer, you're either a, a casual glancer, you're a considerer where you consider, or you're a comber. Do you comb through the Word of God? 
I mean, do you actually go through that thing trying to find something when it talks to you? And it's sitting there just talking and talking and talking. You know, I started reading through Jeremiah the other day, and it started getting on the pastors. And I started really feeling, I was like, man, I need to quit this pastor stuff. Because you're really responsible for getting the Word of God into. It's my job to put the Word of God out the best I can. It's your job to absorb it. And if you won't absorb it, there's nothing I can do. I, mine is to make it look like you, so you see it as a mirror. And when you're looking at that thing, what you're doing is you're looking at yourself in that mirror. And when you look at the Word of God, the Word of God is showing you who you are. Man, I tell you what, most of the time I don't like what I see. I really don't. I see Jesus. You know, in the mirror, you'll see, you'll see Jesus by grace. You'll see Jesus in nature. Uh, when I look in the mirror, just look at a, a regular mirror, it's, it's, it's just grace. It's just nature, my, my natural man. Uh, I like uh, Pilgrim's Progress. You always heard me talk about Pilgrim's Progress. I talk about it all the time. John Bunyan wrote a second book called Christiana. And in Christiana, Christiana, his wife comes in afterwards. Uh, I'm telling you what, that, that wedding the other day amazed me when it happened, when it was all over. And I mentioned it, how many people that I have come across in the last 15, 20 years in Dayton, Ohio, was in this building. And at any given time, I could have done stuff to mess up all those relationships. And I didn't have a problem with one person, and this place was packed out. Time down through there, I could have done stupid stuff. But I, I watched what was going on. I, I kept the flesh under, because I'd look in this book, and this book would tell me something. I'm like, man, my flesh is getting out of control. You need to get under control again, Elliot. It's getting out of way. You need to, and nobody, you didn't do it. You didn't say the wrong thing. You didn't do the wrong thing. There's a couple of times I've said stuff I probably shouldn't. People aren't here tonight because of things I've said sometimes. I'm not saying I'm perfect everywhere. But he said this. She comes down, and, and on her way, she goes into the shepherds, and, and she comes in, and, and they hand her, the, the shepherd is called Mercy, hands her a mirror. And on one side, she'll look at the mirror, hold it one way, and she'll see herself. And then she flips that mirror another way, and this is what Bunyan said. He said, the shepherd happily presented her with a marvelous mirror, which held one way shows, uh, shows her, but held another way reveals the prince of the pilgrims himself. You know, when you look in that mirror, what's supposed to happen over a period of time? Is, uh, go to 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 13, 3, 3, 12, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 3, 12, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm trying to hurry. 2 Corinthians 3, 12. The Bible's just not a book to read to read. It is good to read. There's nothing wrong with reading it. There's a purpose. There's got to be a method to the madness. Uh, 3, 2 Corinthians 3, 12. This is Paul talking now. This is not James. This is to us. 3.12. Paul is sitting there going, seeing then that we have such a hope, such hope, that we use great plainness of speech. It should never be complicated. Uh, I'm so sick of hearing sermons. And Brother Joe mentioned it Sunday night. I'm sick of hearing sermons where they have to come out with something new every time they preach. I don't need nothing new. Tell me the old, old story. That's all I care about, man. Tell me something about Jesus. What am I supposed to do? What am I, how am I, I mean, and I'm talking to that gentleman the other day on the phone. I mean, he, that was somewhere between 2005, to, uh, 2000, 1985 and 1987. So I got on the ship in 85, 85, 95, 2005, 2015, and, and six more years. That's 31 years ago. And for 31 years since I met that guy, all I've done was take this book and try to live it. You say, well, you're not a very good, well, I've tried my best. How about you? Have you? 
When people look at you 31 years later, will they say you're the same as you were 31 years ago? If they do, is that positive or negative? You know, the only way you can do that is look in that mirror on a daily basis, man, and look at it and say, oh, you're fat. You know, I look in the mirror, I see I'm fat all the time. I'm trying to lose weight. I'm, I'm, I'm going with ounces instead of pounds. I figure ounces is easier to obtain than pounds. And you don't get as depressed if you, if you look at an ounce. I just lost an ounce this week. <laughs> you feel better about yourself. <laughs> you need something to encourage you. Yes, I got my ounce off this month. <laughs> you know what's sad is when you're trying to lose weight and then you go, I hate diets. I think diets are of the devil. But uh, you try to lose weight and you start in January and in, in November, you weigh more than you did in January. I mean... There's something wrong with that. In, in my head, there's something wrong. But you look in the mirror, in the mirror, seeing 1 Corinthians 3.12, verse 13 says, and not as Moses, which put a belt. Moses put a belt where his, his face shone. And you know why most people don't get into the Word of God or don't stick with it? It's because it shines light on them, and they can't take that light. Moses, Moses suckered them, man. What he did is he just put a veil on his face so they couldn't see the light, and then he got in front of them and still yelled at them. I think it was cool. Moses did the right thing. He, he, he wise as a serpent, harmless as a dove. If you can't get around me because of the light, why would the light keep you from being around Moses? You would think that that would draw you to him. Gnats draw to him. You put one of those little lights out in your yard that, that has the electric thing in it. All night long you hear zit, zit, zit. They go to the light. Why do we not go to the light? I have never figured that out. Uh, and, Moses, and not as Moses would you put a fellow upon his face that the children of Israel could not steadfastly look uh, to the end of that which was abolished, the law. But their minds were blinded, and until this day, for until this day, remaineth the same veil untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament. They don't get it. They, they're just like, glancing at it. They're not, they're not gazing upon the Word of God. They're not doing it. Uh, he, Brother Joe mentioned that Sunday night. He said, and they sit down, and they watched him there. You know what they were doing? They were gazing at him. They weren't glancing, they were gazing, they were mocking, they were doing everything. But I bet you there were some people in that crowd saying, I wonder if he can do that. I wonder if he would come down. And then when he didn't, they just walked away and said, ah, rats, man. Herod wanted to see a miracle. He wanted to see something Jesus did. He wanted to see John. He wanted to see somebody come and do a miracle in front of him. That's, that's a gazer. That, that is just somebody who is just glancing at Jesus Christ. They're looking at the super. That, that's Felix and Agrippa. All they, Agrippa said... Paul, that almost persuades me to become a Christian. Why? You're just glazing or, or gazing at this thing, man. Or not gazing, you're glancing at it. You're just barely looking at it on the surface, and that's as far as you're letting the thing get. This book needs to get inside. Why? Here's why. But their minds were blinded, for until this day remaineth the same veil, untaken away in the reading of the Old Testament, which veil is done away in Christ. But even unto this day, when Moses is read, the veil is upon their heart. Nevertheless, when it shall turn to the Lord, the veil shall be taken away. Now, the Lord is that spirit. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. I mean, I like liberty. I like freedom. I don't like somebody telling me, you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this. If you don't do this, you're out of God's will, you're going to hell. That's a Catholic church to me, man. I mean, everybody, everything you do is you're going to hell. If you don't go to church, you know, if you don't go to church on Sunday, I do, maybe I should start preaching that part. Uh, if you don't go to church on Sunday morning, you're going to hell. <laughs> but I guess if you go to church next Sunday, you get out of the hell this week. If you can survive till next Sunday, uh, I mean, how could you tell somebody you're going, you commit a mortal sin by not going to church on Sunday morning? Brother, this, this world is crazy. It's just insane. Verse 18, but we all, 
with open face. That's us. That's Christians. Paul's talking now. Beholding in a glass the glory. When you look at a mirror, you know what you ought to see? You ought to see Jesus, not you. My question today is who do you see when you look in a mirror? When you're sitting there looking at it, when you're trying to make yourself guys or girls, either one, and you're trying to make yourself look, what, why are you doing what you, are you doing that? Do you see Jesus there and you're making yourself look great for Jesus? Or are you doing that for your own carnal? Are you doing it in the flesh? I'm not, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm not saying it. I would love, I'd rather see, I, I, I tell everybody when you come up here, I've had preachers in this city say, Mike won't let you come to church unless you got a suit and tie on. They actually say that. I've had, I've had good preachers in this town call me up and say, Mike, man, they tell me all the time that you won't let nobody come to church unless you, you have suits and ties on. Well, I know a lot of you that are sitting in here with no suits and ties on. Andrew, you wicked devil. <laughs> Your dad did graduated faster than anybody else in his church, and you ain't got no tie on? What, you wicked devil? No. But if you're going to come up here and you're going to stand in front of people, I think you ought to look decent and in order. And I think that's a suit and a jacket. Well, you know that a queer developed a tie, don't you? Yeah, I like it, man. It's pretty cool. I don't know if he did or he didn't. I wasn't there. I just know that all the great preachers i ever seen did that. And some, you know, I know Jesus didn't wear a tie, but I don't live in Jesus' day. Paul, David said, Peter said in Acts, he served his generation. And when you, Jack Howells, man, I like Jack Howells. He's got a pitcher. He was a perfect preacher. He's got some gum and polished shoes and a suit and tie. And that. I was in church one night in uh, Howells Anderson. If you haven't been in some of these churches, don't talk about them. I can talk about them. I've been there. I sit two years in Howells Anderson in uh, uh, First Baptist Church, Hammond, Indiana. I'm sitting there, and, and uh, one of the sailors, I don't know whether I was probably jealous or just didn't understand, but they gave him a suit. I'm like, why did they give him a suit and not me? I was just a sailor. I mean, I was, this guy got involved in what was going on. This guy was doing stuff for a couple of years there, maybe even longer. He was involved in what was doing, going on. You know what they did? They rewarded him and gave him a suit and tie. Why? Because that's what you should wear. I, at, up to that point, I thought, I would never wear a suit. You could keep them stinking suits and ties and neck. Oh, they just choke you. Forget it, man. I said, oh, but I'm in the Navy, and i got to wear one every now and then. But that's only because they make me. I'm not going to do it. I was driving down the road. I got to Norfolk, Virginia, starting church. I'd leave the, sh- I'd leave the ship. Now you say, well, where, where's the verse? I don't have one. But I was leaving the ship, and I wouldn't have, I'd be dressed like Andrew. And, and I'd leave the ship, and I got my big Bible. My Bible then was a lot bigger than this, because you've got to have a spiritual Bible. you just got to have one. It's like one of those Bibles you got at the home, the Holy Bible. It's a big one. But anyways, uh, I'd leave the ship, say, pity out, say, Elliot, request permission to go, sure, sir. Where are you going, Elliot? Holy Bible. <laughs> like, what part of this do you not understand? I can't even tell you how many times I left the ship. Dumb hillbilly from Kentucky now. You got to cut me some slack. And one day I'm sitting there driving down the road. I already leave the ship. Just calling morons, idiots, everything else. They're just nuts. They don't understand nothing. They're all wicked. They're devils. They're going to hell. And uh, I'm driving down the road, and I'm headed to church. And I look over, and there is a um, Burlington Coat Factory sitting there. And God's my witness. It's just like him sitting right next to me. He says, go over and get you three suits. I said, I ain't going to go get me no three suits. I don't want no three. I didn't know that was really him sitting there talking to me for a few minutes. I said, I ain't going to get me no three suits. I don't want no three suits. I don't like suits. I'm not going to get one. I don't want none of them. I said, I don't care if they gave them to me. I'm not going to. And he wouldn't leave me alone. 
So after a while, I said, okay, I'll go get three. I'll go get three, and I'll put them on my locker down there. And he's and like, the Lord said, when you leave the ship, put on a suit, go to church. You say, would the Holy Spirit say, you know, in Paul's day, they didn't have suits. The Holy Spirit updated some things, you know. I mean, he's okay. I don't have a problem with that. So I got my suit. Nobody told me to get a suit. Nobody at church made me get a suit. I would have told them they were crazy if I had a suit. I would have said, you're insane. Get out of here. I blew smoke. I was smoking in their face, too. I got my suit before I quit smoking, by the way. <laughs> my, my suit probably smelled like smoke. But I'm sitting there, and I get my suit and tie and everything else, and the first day I leave the ship with my suit and tie on and my Bible under my arm, I said, Pettyhouse Elliot, request permission to go ashore. Sir, they go, Pettyhouse Elliot, where are you going to church? I'm like, get out of here, man. <laughs> I'm like, what is that? You know what this world thinks, that a Christian should look a certain way. So you sit here and read your Bible and you say, well, I don't have to wear a suit. No, you don't have to. Really, you don't. Jesus didn't have to go to the cross for you either. There's all kinds of stuff. Paul did not have to do what he did to get to the place where he could write 14 New Testament books for you either. But he did. There's all kinds of things. When you start looking at your Bible, you'll find out that people didn't have to do, but they did. So that we could be here 2,000 years later and still come to church on a Wednesday night and still gaze, gaze into the Word of God and comb through the pages of this thing to try to get something. It says right here, it says, but we, 18, 2 Corinthians 3, 18, but we all, that's all of us, not just one of us, all of us, with open face beholding as in a glass the glory. You know what? The more you read this book, your face all starts shining, and the world should see it. Well, I was tickled pink when John Keith called me. After 37 years, 36 years. And said, Mike, he goes, I've been watching you, man. He goes, can I call you back and talk to you for a while? He goes, you're the same. I'm like, yeah, man. So I called. I tried to, I, like I said, I tried to call him back tonight. I'll try to call him a couple more times until I get a hold of him. I said, have you seen Fritz? He goes, no, I haven't seen Fritz in a long time. He goes, my wife keeps up with Cheryl. I'm like, well, why don't you keep up with Fritz? I know Fritz is in church. I said, I talked to him about a year, year and a half ago. He's still doing pretty good. But the more I look in that, you know, in 1980, when I looked in that Bible, the, the Bible first time, I didn't look much like Jesus Christ. But the more I look in this thing, and the more I look in that mirror, and the more I look in this thing, and the more I look in this thing, I can still see me in there, but I can start seeing him too. And I want to see him more and more and more and more in that mirror. I just want to see more and more in that mirror. When you look at yourself in the mirror, you know what? You sit, you sit here and look at this Bible. Brethren, what this thing is supposed to do is convict you of your sin. It's supposed to show you what your problems are. You're looking at this thing, and you go, oh, man, I got a zit right there. I got to pop that thing. And you know, after you pop it, you get this big red thing there for a while, and it doesn't go in. Everybody knows that that big red thing is there. People say, well, I don't want to go to the altar because they're all going to know I committed what the preacher just preached about. Not really. I've, I've been to the altar before, and it had nothing to do with what the preacher was preaching. I knew as soon as I walked in the door, I needed to go to the altar. It had something, nothing to do with it. Halfway through the sermon, you go down the altar. You get down there, and you start crying. Man, I tell you what, I got to the altar one time. I was over at Cornerstone. I was up here, and my nose was bleeding all over the place, and I, I started bleeding on the altar. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I bled on the altar, man. <laughs> I told Brother Sodom I'd have his carpet cleaned, and he said, don't worry about it. <laughs> But every now and then, brother, it's just you see yourself and you get, to, you get some confessing. You're supposed to be able to confess. Don't run from it. Look, if you, if you look in the mirror and you don't like what you see, change it. That's what the mirror's for. 
The mirror isn't there for condemnation. I'm going to heaven. There is nothing anybody can do about that thing. I could, there is just nothing anybody, you couldn't talk me out of that. You could not mine it out of my soul. If you tried, you couldn't do it. He saved my soul. Then he gave me assurance of my salvation and I'm going to heaven. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. I like that D on the end of that thing. I just like it. It's good. That means past tense, done, finished, over with, see you later, bye, you're in. Now, Mike, I'll tell you what, I don't, I don't like looking in glass windows either, man. Because I can still see my fat belly going through. I don't like that. I get under conviction, but as soon as I walk away, I forget. <laughs> and there's a Burger King. <laughs> I'm like, oh, man. I'll go to Kroger's. Woo-hoo, woo Good deals could kill you, man. I go by the reduced cabinet in the ice cream section. I mean, you get all the ice cream half price and stuff, man. Good ice cream. But I'm sitting there going, Lord, I said, this stuff is bad. I mean, it's, it's the mirror will show you all kinds of things. But, you know, you can change that. You can change it. Don't go to the woo-hoo section. Just don't do it. Don't do it. I mean, just stay away from the stuff. You can change it. I see myself confessing and cleaning. But if you walk away and you forget it, it's not going to do you any good. What you got to do is you got to get in this thing. I've heard preacher after preacher, and I've said it too. Uh, I, you, you sit there. If I said, okay, if I wrote show raise your hands, what did you read today? And tell me what you read. Can you do it? Can you? I read through Jeremiah, the, uh, the chapter 19, uh, eight verses and uh, chapters in Jeremiah. I read uh, Joshua, the last four chapters in Joshua. Uh, I'm getting ready to start Judges tomorrow. Uh, I read through Acts. Uh, I got through the end of Acts, and Paul got into another shipwreck, and he's out there on the, headed to Rome, and he ends up in Rome. But if I ask you, well, did you read something today? Well, what, well you know, life is going to be this. And they threw out four anchors, and they waited for the day. You know, I'm waiting for the day. Are you waiting for the day? I'm sitting there going, man, they threw four anchors out of the back of the ship, and it's, it, the whole, whole sea is all just in a turmoil, and they know they're going to crash and burn. Okay, let's get something to eat, man. <laughs> let's chow down because tomorrow we're going to hit the In the morning, we're going to hit the ocean, and we're going to hit the beach. Why worry about it now? Let's get our strength up. Let's keep going. Throw some anchors out, man, and hold them things. Hold yourself down until the day comes. You know, there's going to come a day the Lord takes us out of here. And when he does, you're going to hit the shore. You're going to be in there, and vipers could bite you, and it won't hurt you. Uh, you can do whatever you want. You're still going to have to work. You know, that's one thing I do know. When we get to heaven, you're not just going to be sitting there on a little harp and doing all this other stuff on a cloud somewhere without falling through it. You're not going to do, no, no, there's going to be stuff to do. Paul was still busy, even as a prisoner. He's a busy man, making a fire to keep warm. I don't think we're going to need to stay warm in heaven, but you're going to have stuff to do, so you would get there. I see, you see yourself or you see Jesus. Do you see Jesus at all when you look in the mirror? Do you see what he has brought you from to where you are today? Or are you still in a rut? Because he says, oh, I like this. This is a great verse. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? You know what a way is? It's your path. It's your path before you get cleansed. You need to get cleansed from your way. You know what that is? That's a rut. That's what that is right there. It's a rut. You're stuck in something. We get stuck in something. In 1980, I was stuck in something. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? His way, his way, my way. My way wasn't, I couldn't get out of my way. I didn't know how to get out of my way. I was in my way. It was just a circle. I was going around a circle. And they keep, you know, they say if you walk 
And if you just keep walking, you'll do circles. I don't know whether you do it this way or you do it the other way, but one leg is something's wrong with one leg. <laughs> Naturally. Maybe you just can't, maybe the Lord's got that set up so you can't walk too far away. But it's a way. Wherewithal shall a man cleanse his way? Well, my way needed to be changed. By taking heed thereto, according to thy word. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. The words, you got to get it there. Acts 10, you know, your whole book, this whole book, and I'm, I'm done here, but this whole book is nothing but Jesus Christ. Acts 10, 43. To him give all the prophets witness. You know what you got right here? You got a book that does nothing but talk about Jesus Christ. Jesus is all the world to me. Is he all the world to you tonight? You know, you know, when you look in that mirror, you ought to look in there and say, Lord, I'm not what I should be, but boy, I'm definitely something different than what I used to be. Or are you still the same as you used to be? Are you still in your way? Or are you in his way? You know, his way is straight and narrow. My way is crooked and all the way around doing circles and stuff all the time. His way is straight and narrow. You know why I like the book Pilgrim Progress? Because when Pilgrim got on the way, it was a straight path to uh, Celestial City. And he never got off that thing. And when he did get off, he didn't get off very far and he got right back on. He knew exactly the way to go. If you're in your way, you're going to be doing circles. Father, thank you for your blessings tonight. Lord, help us to realize that the Word of God is multiple things in our lives, Lord, but it's a mirror uh, that you gave us so we can look at ourselves. And Lord, uh, we should be changing over time. Uh, Lord, we should not look the same we did the day we got saved. We should be changing. And Lord, uh, we should be coming and looking more and more like you. And, and Lord, sometimes we'll look in the mirror and we won't see those changes, but other people will say stuff, Lord, that, that they have saw the changes. And, and Lord, they see that we're, we're going down the right path and they'll, they'll notice something, say something positive. And Lord, that's so encouraging. Lord, help us to always do that. But, Lord, help us, each and every one, to not just glance at the Word of God, but, Lord, gaze and comb it. Uh, Lord, and look at it and consider what is being said on the pages. And, Lord, uh, why you said it. Lord, you said that stuff that I could read it. And, Lord, I thank you for all the men and women down through time, Lord, that gave their lives for this book, uh, that we could sit out here in uh, 2021 and, Lord, COVID-19 has nothing against us. Lord, it has nothing. Uh, there's no disease out there. There's cancer. All that stuff, Lord, I know it happens, and it's, it's real, and, Lord, it's not uh, fake, Lord, but we don't have to worry about that stuff. Uh, what we need to worry about is are we getting closer to you? And one of these days, Lord, we're going to get real close. You're going to come and take us out of here. But uh, until then, Lord, this world needs to see some, some people that can stand on their own two feet, uh, reason with them, and show them the, the, uh, Jesus Christ in the pages of this book. And Lord, I just pray that you'd show us. Again, thank you for letting us come to church tonight, be with the prayer service, and we'll praise you in Jesus' name. Amen.